So just go and start, take one step at a time and then just ask them like, okay, I have these different passions or interests that I would like to explore more in. What could I start with? I, I saw on your website that, you know, that could be some improvements there. I have some feedback here. So provide some feedback that you already have some for some suggestion to improve what they're doing. Or if that's very hard for you to understand, to know what's right and what's wrong, just go and say, hi, what do you need help with? I can help you with um, just being on a practice and see that everything works smoothly. I can record something. I can just stand at the door and open up the door for people coming. Start with a small task and then you will build trust and then you will actually see people what they're doing. So you're basically getting behind the scenes in the sports industry. I think start from the small steps and take it from there. John Dutton. I'm very well, thank you. My pleasure to join you. Arman Alwalia. Thank you so much, Eugenie. This is uh, quite an honor. I appreciate you uh, you extending the offer to, to come here and speak today. Pedro Diaz-Rudal. First of all, thanks for having me and excited you know, to be part of this podcast. Ronan Doniger. Huge. Thank you very much, I suppose, first of all, for having me on your show. Dean Butcher. The key point is ask, 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 and never give up. And welcome to ePROcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to ePROcast. Today, the Big E traveled virtually from Poland to Malmo, Sweden, and he's talking to the one and only Jacob Wickenstall, the founder of Sports Idealism. Jacob is a Sweden's 30 under 30 sports technology award winner and a person who loves creating and sharing opportunities for people who want to work in sports, a mission which directly aligns with ePROcast. He has an awesome story to share and also you'll find out about the sport he practiced the most. So the chat between Big E and Jacob starts now. Enjoy! Welcome back to a new episode of ePROcast, or better say... Uh, hi Allah to everyone in Sweden and everywhere or anywhere in the world you're listening to this podcast from. Uh, today, um, I virtually move. I'm virtually moving to flying whatever to Malmo, Sweden, where we're talking to to him earlier, and um, it's surprisingly uh, warmer than usual in 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 his part of the world, and then you know your usual Scandinavian um, almost winter. <laughs> So uh, and but I'm I'm really excited. I'm talking to the one and only Jacob Winkestal, uh, the founder at Sports Idealisten. Jacob, thanks a lot for 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 taking the time to join me, and uh, I'm really excited about um, about this conversation. And uh, yeah, thanks for 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 joining. Well, first of all, thank you very much, Eugenio, to have me on in this and I'm happy to show you around in the virtual space of uh, South and Sweden and Malmö and really looking forward for this uh, conversation. Yeah, actually I would I would have loved to to be back in Malmö. I just love this, the city, you know, the the sights and uh, and of course I remember I was there last time um 2 years ago in the uh um and it was cold as well. It was like this time of the year as well and I would there was a guy swimming in that ice cold water. And I was like, why are you doing that? <laughs> so uh, I, I don't know. Do, do you still have guys swimming there during these times? <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, I've seen uh, some friends on Instagram, for example, sharing that they 
just recently took a new swim in the ocean and yeah that's it it has become a new trend in in the nordic countries where you actually uh, maybe uh, saving your swimming in the ocean during summer because it is what it is it could be quite cold but actually having a real cold uh, swim could actually be more healthier for the body so yeah yeah absolutely um and um, I'll try. I, I have to share this on on YouTube as well because you're you're rocking this awesome uh, Sweden football national team shirt and uh, with number ninety two. Just share who Sweden is playing today. I I don't know. I usually I'm good at, at research, but this uh, I missed this one. So just tell me who Sweden is playing today. <laughs> well, actually, right now when we are having this conversation in just a few hours. Sweden will play against France in the last game of the Nations League. And basically, Sweden are competing for their survival in the in the Group A stage. And obviously, this is a very complicated system if you haven't heard about the Nations League in football. And if you're American listening, this is soccer for you, but I prefer to use the word of football. And uh, yeah, so if Sweden... Uh, gets more points than Croatia because Croatia is the one that we are competing against not to to lose uh, become the last one in the group. So yeah. hopefully we have a win after this after this evening and hopefully Sweden stays in the among the best teams in this European uh, competition called Nations League among national teams. Yeah, well France and Croatia it's interesting, you know. The well we'll have finalist. <laughs> yeah, I mean we have France, Portugal and uh, Croatia. And one of them won the world champion. One of them won the European championship. And one of them came second in the world. So, so yeah, there we are. Pretty exciting, hey? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, yeah, we wish you, wish you all the luck. Even though I've been a... Um, from, I, I have to, to confess, and, and no offense, uh, no offense uh, I used to play France in all the... Uh, FIFA uh, virtual games, so it's um, you know. <laughs> it's, I can feel it. It's very hard to play. It's very hard to play with Sweden in on FIFA and other, you know, uh, yeah. video games. Yeah, but look, I'm I'm wearing a, a, a yellow shirt as well, so I'll, I'll I'll say that I'm rooting for Sweden today as well. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah. Uh, okay, Jacob. Let's let, let's get into your uh, your awesome background because you have such an awesome story and. Um, we'll we'll share in a second how old are you as well, just to give a little bit of context to the audience. And first, but first and foremost, uh, just congrats with with uh, with the latest award that you won, the that you you were awarded the Scapa Talent Award. Uh, can you share more about what what this um, how this came and how you got to to get awarded with this thing? Well, f- first of all, thank you for congratulating, and um, I'm still very in one way surprised but also not so surprised because i think this is a a good step for for me and for everyone in the sports industry because basically uh sweden's biggest innovation award uh, is called the scapa which is let's say create in in english mm-hmm. and um since i'm uh, younger than younger than 30 i don't know if we're going to go into the age but yeah I'm younger than 30. <laughs> <laughs> and since I'm uh, under 30, I was awarded uh, among uh, many people like a young talent uh, and young innovator. And this is divided up in different districts around in Sweden. And 
I won in the district where I'm living. So it's it's a huge uh, positive feedback for me to to see that sport idealist and and that was the whole the idea behind it. You know, how can we simplify the sports world when it comes to jobs and employability? And we probably will talk a little bit more about it. But this was something I applied to, and you know, this is the idea of it. Here you go, and they had great feedback and said it was a, a maybe not a you know a job platforms and so on. It's not a niche itself, but in the specific context of sports, uh, they see this as a good, good innovative uh, approach. So I'm just looking forward to see how we can develop it further and happy to share those you know positive feedbacks with everyone else in my network. Yeah, absolutely. We'll talk about sports idealist in a second, and uh, but just to take it more global, uh, what what you're doing, uh, you also were spotlighted um, in the sports tech uh, tech X uh, report as well. Uh, can you can you share? And it, it was in the Europe in the Europe one, right? Yeah, yeah. So so to give everybody a little bit of you know background to the whole thing. So sport tech X is. Uh, uh, yeah, now cons- consultant companies, so to say, that are since a few years back uh, arranging uh, reports to cover the sports tech industry because this is a new field and term. Uh, if you ha- are not familiar with sports tech before, then basically you can look into the rest of the tech industries. You know, you have uh, finance uh, and tech, which is called fintech, mm-hmm. and then you have, uh, you know, it could be environment and then it could be environment tech uh, but right. they could be economic tech techno technologies and so on and then it's usually it's like you know shortened down to like eco tech and so on and usually as you can understand sports and technology becomes sports tech and we see a lot of technologies out there today it could be everything from just the armband or the you know the watch the smartwatch that you have on your on your arm to track your performance when you're running but also, you know, football players and other athletes, they are actually running around with other technologies <laughs> wearing on their chest and so on to track how much they run. And also for media to cover from different angles and actually track how fast they are running, but also give a different angles. And then all of this could come down to data, which could be help helping the uh, coaches, could be helping scouts, but also the athletes themselves, how they can improve. But also the rest of us that are more human and not on the elite stage, we can actually learn more about ourselves and how we can develop as an individual, and, but also improving our physical health. And all of this comes down to, was it last year, when SportechX provided the, the, the traditional annual report about the European sports tech um, landscape. And me and my friend, colleague, and co-founder Ida Bjerga, shout out to you as well. Uh, we founded a, a community in the Nordic countries called Nordic Sports Tech. And uh, back in March 2019, this was the beginning of officially for Nordic Sports Tech, where we cover, empower, and help uh, more of the sports tech individuals and people, startups, the whole community of sports tech in the Nordics to grow. Uh, you know, to improve uh, abroad, but also in, within the Nordics. With all of this work that we put on into this, uh, both me and Ida actually was nominated and um, published as one of the top, ten, 40, top 40 people in, in the European sports tech space. So that was a 
also another good you know positive feedback for for us to see that we are doing something great and many thanks for the to the sports tech x team that are sharing our successes yeah absolutely and um actually shout out to to ron maholtra and and and, and benjamin for uh uh the co the co-founders and uh, uh ron was um we 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 were together in the same program at at the MBA in Madrid, so that was that was really cool. Shout out to you, Ron, and if uh, if uh, if you're listening to this one, um, I'll, I'll make it more fun. I'll 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 connect with him and get him on the podcast. I think it's going to be a good 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 episode with with Ron. So Jacob, why won't you just uh, share a bit more about your background and how you got to to where you are at the moment, and of course how you gathered that love for sports and especially for sports tech yeah sure well <laughs> it could probably take for a long time but i will try to to make it a, a for some just time in this one but yeah sure the nordic countries are quite well known for the for the tech and the entrepreneurs over here but i don't think it actually was that part that took me to this space but for me i was as most people and kids Basically, they got into sports in some way. I, I actually don't really know exactly what what age I started to, you know, get involved with different sports. But I guess you know, let's say five, five, six years old, and I started to play some football. I later then started to play floorball, which is a sport that people listening to this might not really understand. It. Floorball. What, what is that? Yeah, you, so, can, you can share more about what, what, what it is. <laughs> I'm curious yeah. as well. <laughs> so, because this is also something that I kept playing, so it could be, make sense to give some more context to it. Mm -hmm. So so if hopefully when you're listening to this, you can probably have your phone and just put on Google or something and type in floor ball, as it sounds like. And then you will get pictures of how, how it looks and can probably discover more about it. But... Briefly, you know, just let's use ice hockey as an example. You have five players and a, and a goalkeeper, and then you have the size of the, the ice rink. Just remove the ice and have just a regular indoor, indoor uh, you know, arena. Mm -hmm. The same size, uh, the rink is half, this, half the length, and then you're playing uh, by running, and then you have uh, plastic sticks and not the... the they would the metal sticks for ice hockey, and instead of the puck, you have like um, a small uh, plastic ball with many holes in it to just make it as light as possible. And then you play, you know, five against five, more or less the same sort of uh, movements and so on in ice hockey. However, I know that when you're moving on ice, you have less control of just stopping moving backwards, front, left, right, and so on. But you run around with this uh, with this plastic ball and your plastic sticks, and I know this could sound very, you know, silly and very weak for some people. If you if I would it put it that way, but <laughs> 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 but but actually, it's a it's a very fun sport to participate in, and especially it's it's a sport that is growing for every year. It's also a sport that is very easy for people to start playing with but also to keep up when you're working and have you know stop being involved in the whole sports system for a few years it's very common that people in their the 30s 40s and so on during their work they get together with some colleagues and then they start to play the sport as well 
it's very easy. It's not just that expensive ever at all, but it's a good fun sport, and that's one of those that I actually stick with and played with for yeah, I don't know, twelve, thirteen years. Wow. So getting back to the story, how I got into sports and so on, I tried to have a few sports, badminton as well, uh, played golf uh, for a long time as well. And all of this came around, you know, just tried to play, had tried to have fun. And during, I think when I started to play 11s versus 11 in football, or actually I don't even think I had managed to, to start playing it because there was no communication to me that the season had started and this this is the sad part in the story because i actually stopped playing football uh when i was supposed to start playing 11s versus 11 so i haven't really understood how how hard it is to play 11 versus 11 uh instead of 7 versus 7 right but i stayed with floorball i kept playing floorball for the whole time i think it's very fun in the way of the social aspects, the leadership, discipline, and so on. But all of these things was nothing that I actually thought of until I got older. And, you know, let's move forward a bit. And then there was this game when I played floorball where everyone were promised to, to play at least, you know, a few seconds. So at least play some something. We had, the, you know, it was like the best team we, we were playing with. I wasn't the best one. I was just among within the group and so on. And we played well. We had probably, you know, four goals in lead or something like that. So I felt like, hey, soon I will get on and play, but nothing. I didn't play anything, not a single second, even though the rest of the whole squad did play. Wow. And I had no excuse or nothing from the coach afterwards, not even the day after anything. And I usually tell this story about the football part and this part within floorball which has brought me let's say some some bad experiences within the sports uh, society and this later on actually had pulled me into this the love of the game and the sport and this bigger broader picture of it that if you have positive associations with sports in general doesn't matter what sport that you play then you will enjoy the game you will enjoy the sport the whole structure behind it and i sincerely believe that when you're getting old and maybe become a parent and so on you will go back to the sports and put in your kids there and hopefully they will also have a positive association with it because you get mentally uh, healthy you get physical healthy if everything goes smoothly and well done right and and also you're getting the social impact with friends hopefully uh discipline leadership skills uh you can actually which we'll talk more about being in and working within behind the scenes and so on there's so much more but you know when i was like 19 that was the first time i actually started to think about hmm, who is actually you know taking care of the after the practice we i'm just going and playing for fun training playing games but who is you know running this club yeah. And that was the start of my my involvement and passion for the you know working in the field. And then I moved to the States and study entrepreneurship. So this is where the entrepreneurial side of it actually started to pop up into my life and nothing that I really thought of at that moment. But then I saw the American sports model 
could compare the culture or at least start to reflect on it, that it's a little bit different in the States compared to in Sweden and Europe. And this is where the whole story becomes more, you know, detailed and everything starts to happening because I, I moved back to Sweden, started, started studies in sport management in, in Malmö where I'm still living in today. And, um, between all of these years, this has become, you know, my one of my biggest goals in life is to develop sports in the way of creating more positive associations for everyone. I know it's a very large one, but, you know, at least I know that I can provide my energy, my passion and my value to at least a few people around in, in my environment. And that's for sure much better than nothing at all. And hopefully that could, you know, go further for their networks as well no actually yeah no i was i was just about to say that i i uh, i appreciate people who care about other people's um dreams and help them reach uh, reach them and we'll we'll we'll, we'll talk about sports to the list in a second and the, and the problem you're you're solving but sorry for interrupting no no worries no worries it makes sense to say it like that but coming to your one of your questions also when it comes to the tech part I think this is, you know, coming back to the entrepreneurial uh, kickoff when I moved to the States. I think those initial, you know, skills that you learn within entrepreneurship is actually something that is more or less built from the start when it comes into the tech industries. So I think those elements that I received and experienced and, and gained from the States and and the, the travel and experience I had over there was kind of fruitful for for the rest of my career because then I started to look into the innovative and creative part of of sports systems and then basically everything is very traditional so in order to actually do something you know improve innovate then we actually started to look into different tech solutions so this is how the sports tech world started to pop up into my in front of my eyes and in some way, you know, there was not a community or no information I could actually try to just figure it all out. So that's the start of Nordic Sports Tech. Very hard to find the information and so on. And, and the sports tech scene has exploded since the last three years. So it's quite cool to see having the question for a few years back. And now we're seeing a much more, you know, structured and, and understandable community of it. So. I think that's the approach when it comes to my my involvement with sports, the passion of it, the tech side of it, but also then the the employability and the you know developing the sports system in general. Right, I agree. And um, one value that I respect in sports actually, and what helped me a lot is develop those teamwork skills, like you know working and trusting the teammates near you towards a bigger a bigger goal and a bigger a bigger dream so and personally i think this is one of the most important uh, skills when it comes to 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 nowadays uh, work in uh, in the uh, sports industry so uh, uh, definitely definitely a big one but uh, you also had you were in australia for for a little bit and i will share in a second how we how we how we got connected to just to give a little bit of context um, you were in in australia as well and you experienced basically the entire world of sports business because Australian sports business is also a bit interesting. So you experienced the the uh, the American model, the Australian model. 
and European model. What do you think about all three of them? Which one you give sympathy to more? So just if you can, if you have to pick one, which one would you, which one do you like the more, the most and why? Well, I think that's a very tough question to ask since <laughs> I lived most of my life and time in, in Sweden and and have much more, you know, better insights when it comes to European sports model. But I think it's fair to just discuss it a little bit. And uh, as you said, yes, I lived in Australia as well, which is also a lovely country. And um, I lived actually in Tasmania, to be more accurate, which is a tiny, tiny island in south of the mainland. <laughs> and it's quite funny when you look back at it. I didn't even know that Tasmania was part of Australia. <laughs> before I had, you know, landed there, so, so to say. That's much more, obviously, in this, in this context. But I think no matter what, what I discovered from living in, in the States and living in Australia and also in Sweden and, you know, been around in a few countries as well in, in Europe, there are three different sports models, to, to be fair. But they are also very similar in some ways, but also very different. And... I think you can probably discuss this a lot and you can probably hear, hear different perspectives from people. But I think it's fair to say that the American sports model is basically built on with like franchises that were like a, a team in the NBA in basketball or it could be MLS, which is the football, like European football, football. Yeah. And you have the... NFL, American football, and so on. All those bigger leagues, they are basically like a big corporation that owns all, the whole league. And then you have like the McDonald's or the Burger Kings that are the clubs, the teams. And they don't really have any youth development structure, where, which is the, basically the difference when it comes to European sports model. Right. In Europe, basically, you have a club that could be built from playing at as uh, when you're five years old and you can actually play in every year and then become uh, one of the players in the in the in the senior team which will then play in this you know professional league like the NFL but in Europe in Australia you kind of having the same thing but they are very more focused on the elite development and now this could be a little sound a little bit confusing but let's put it this way you Australia and Europe are playing more on this whole part of like youth development and then to senior squads. And then you have America playing more on this elite level and there's a lot of money <laughs> part of that industry. In Europe, we're more working on this voluntarily basis. And then later on, we have the bigger clubs in Europe. But look at the broader perspective, we have tons of people just working hours and hours for free, uh, volunteer. We have people everywhere in the world, obviously, that do that. But I know that in Australia, they're very well uh, managed and have developed a very nice way of um, putting in money in this whole sports industry and developing more and more elite athletes. So they have a big focus on sports in general, which is great. I think they are doing it very well when it comes to showing different sports and encouraging people to, to participate. The funny thing is with all of these, between all of these three different sports models, you have Australia, their own football called Australian football. Right. Um, and then, you you know, we have in Europe and the rest of the world where we call it football. And then we have in a, 
America where we have American football. I think that's quite cool to have those three different. Yeah, you have, you have you have American football, football, and footy. So it's uh, it's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ex exactly. But then you know, Australia is you know it's a big country. They are far away from everyone else. That's a disadvantage for them to actually you know compete and interact with other uh, other countries in sports. But yeah, we can probably discuss a lot about it. But I think they have a nice sports policy towards elite sports in Australia. In Europe, we have a good grassroots system. Right. And then in America, you have a great entertaining and uh, elite approach. But, but they are, you know, consumed in different approaches when it comes to fans, engagement, and all of that around it. you know uh, writing some messages before leaving some notes before connecting with people as well so uh, this was this was cool stuff and uh, and of course it's just it took from it took it took off from there so uh it it was it was really cool it was really cool this uh, the these uh um weekly weekly calls on sports geek so shout out to to Shane That's a good one. And shout out to Sean to setting all of these virtual Zoom uh, meetings. And basically, you know, it started around when the COVID started to hit quite hard. So 
you and I and a lot of other people connecting from Australia, from the States, from Europe and so on, were able to talk about different topics, which was arranged from Sean to say, like, this time we're going to talk about fan engagement, this time we're going to talk about digital and content and so on. And I also think from that perspective, myself was doing this proactive approach of networking as well. So when I was part of those different uh, Zoom uh, meetings or, you know, meetups, then I was basically trying to connect with everyone being part of it. And I've had several conversations with a lot of people that I would never have met and never learned of unless it wouldn't have been for the thanks of Sean and other people arranging these sort of uh, different virtual meetups throughout COVID. So I'm grateful for that because otherwise we would probably not have met each other. So thanks, uh, Sean, and thanks to Eugenio for, you know, taking the time for actually learning a bit more about ourselves. Some platform that you're going to share more about with the audience now. In order to keep a sustainable life, according to myself at least, that's, you know, think about what, what you have a passion in, in. And for me and for many others that I've met, it's a passion for sports. So during my studies uh, with sports management, and when the, I guess the time basically when I moved to Australia, I started to think more about my future and what, what will happen after my, my studies. And, you know, trying to look into different opportunities what are out there what, what can you do in the sports industry and it, first of all it was a hassle to just <laughs> find something to be honest and i did find uh, some jobs i had already started to, to volunteer in different sporting events i had worked at some sporting events among for example the european uh, championships in football in france um, i ha have also worked with uh, Nordia Masters, which is a great uh, big golf tournament in, in, in the Nordics in Sweden. But going through all of this, it was a hassle to just understand what are the different job opportunities in sports, but also where do you find those? So I started to just share this different insights that I had, and I read a lot of things in sports. So I started a blog and started to type... Uh, Actually, from my travels in Australia, to be honest, and shared my travel experiences. But then uh, I turned this into sharing my, my opinions and perspectives and other lessons learned in the sports industry.
Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I felt it was uh, um, would be a pity if I would just shut down the blog when I was when I came home to Sweden. So, I I just to be fair, you know, what can I do? Well, I read a lot of stuff about sports. I listen to a lot of things. There should be more people that should take part of these different insights. So then I just turned the blog into these sort of different sports lessons learned. And after that, I started to realize, hey, I actually finding some jobs in the sports industry, but they're not for me. So there should be someone else taking part of these jobs. So then I started to share those jobs. And all of this has become the start of Sport Idealist, and which is today, you know, a sports job platform for everyone. And our, you know, our vision is to have a world where everyone can work with a passion. So it's very easy understanding for you to have a passion for sports. That we're just trying to simplify your future career, but we're also trying to simplify sports in general because most sports clubs around in the world they how do you you know find people how do you recruit but also how do you you know stay stay up to date there are tons of different resources today which is which is great so we're just trying to help everyone that are looking for those certain like inspirational uh, articles could be just you know finding some jobs but here's actually a secret for for you that are looking for jobs that even though you find this sports job that is like, oh shit, this, oh, sorry for the language, but it, it, this is my dream job, you know? Then even though you don't think you are having the criteria and skills, that's up to them to decide. So first of all, that's one secret tip. Apply even though you might not be, you know, thinking this is for you because it's actually for them to decide. Then obviously you could start to network with them before the job is vacant. So you have some sort of like a foot into the door already. The other secret is if you are thinking about the work to work in the sports industry and you're not sure what you would like to do, just for example, uh, go to sport list and just take one of the jobs that are already out there and then just go through them and see like, okay, this is the title. And to be honest, not all the titles are saying everything. So go into like, what are they looking for? What are the skills? What are the experiences that are looking for? And then you actually going to build a better understanding and insights into the different jobs that are out there in the sports industry. And this could actually help you see if those are the things that are something that you would like to do yourself. To start to get some inspiration from the jobs that are already out there, there actually might be something that you want to do in a few years ahead but not at today you know so that is one way that most people don't even think about like just look at one job ad and see if this like hmm this sounds cool this doesn't sound so cool but take that what that sounds cool and start to you know write that down okay these are the different skills that they are looking for i have x y and z already but i'm lacking the last one so how can i gain that skill and then you take it from there
you know, to this industry to get into the industry? Well, to start off, it depends on what, what country we are talking about. It could be, you know, if you have an international job, then language will not be that challenging as long as you have a good communication skills when it comes to English. However, we're looking going down to actually the national uh, sphere and just take Sweden for, the, for an example. We are very good at, at you know speaking English in general for everyone in, in, in the country. However, in the sports industry, we are quite good at being comfortable just speaking Swedish. So if you would like to work in Sweden, for example, then you should probably start uh, learning the, the Swedish uh, from t- starting today. But there are obviously international uh, environments as well in Sweden where you can work uh, speaking English. But I would say English is like one of the keys in general if you would like to work in sports. Especially in the, on the broader perspective, you might be able to move to other places around in the world within the sports industry. So English will take you there no matter what. But if you don't, obviously, if you listen to this, you learn, you know English already. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, you know, you could be, you know, speaking Spanish as well. There are tons of countries where you need Spanish as well. So, you know, I would say the language is one of those ones. Otherwise, we're talking a lot about having a good management system for yourself. Like, how can you handle the several things at the same time? So I, I, I think project management is, is one way to put it. But then also just understanding the sports context. If you're working in the sales uh, department, then you need to know the numbers. You need to know how to talk. But uh, then when we're talking about the administrator uh, stuff, then it's more about like how can you set up goals and actually manage to do stuff as well. Instead of just saying, I'm going to do this, you also need to, to show yourself that you can organize and, and communicate with different stakeholders. Could be the members, could be the players, could be uh, partners. So there are, it's very hard to say just one scale, but I would say project management is one of those. And especially within, within the COVID uh, phase, we start to realize that we need to think in shorter periods. And then you have to put up projects in order to, to work those out, out. And otherwise... That depends on the you know department. Are you looking for the sales, marketing, uh, designer, and so on? Then you will obviously have other specific skills. stuff like that so you need one person who manage all these processes those exist in the traditional sport as well it just we don't have a name for it <laughs> so i would i would to be to be fair and honest i think a lot of sports club already using project management skills but there in the tech world in the startup world you usually talk about being agile uh, you can work in different methods that are you working in sprints and that is one way to say, like, we're going to work with this task for like three weeks, nothing else. We do this in this traditional sports world as well. The, the thing is that we don't put a name for it. We just say, right. you're going to, you know, let's make sure that you put the schedule for next season's practices, uh, put on the games and schedule those at this time of the year and so on. 
but we actually do like sprints. We do all those things, but we don't put a name for it. So I don't know if we need to learn something more convenient from the startup and tech scene. What has been the most popular organization in the on on the platform that you know had the most job openings? Well, well, to to be fair, uh, we we share we share like internship opportunities to to MLS and and the the Olympic sites, but that is you know we're just sharing those. And, and the funny thing is that we always have a lot of people going to those. So it could also be that our American visitors and job seekers are loving those opportunities but then you know usually the job opportunities are up for between two weeks to one month so it could be very different month to month as well i think internships are always interesting for because i know there's a lot of people just trying to get that first step into the industry but also there are a lot of students that have internship among their university degrees so that is one way that I'm also happy that we can share those opportunities. Otherwise, I think we have a lot of uh, a lot of things when it comes to marketing and digital. Those are quite popular as well. But yeah, I think you look at the Swedish market, for example, I think there's tons of people just tempted to, to apply for everything. And could also be that people are doing my secret that I told to just look into the ads and see what they are looking for and then try to understand are you the one are you a good fit for that company i also i should also add to the whole part of looking for jobs in general that don't just look at the ad itself as well just think about the organization it might be the best job in the world but if the organization is i don't know sloppy could be one that is going uh, down in the when it comes to results in the in the professional perspective, you have to think a little bit more about just look into the organization where you would like to work as well. There could be, you know, plenty of opportunities to take more steps, but it could also be, you know, one position that you have to be for 50 years and that might not be the dream job for you. So take a look at the job ads, but also the organizations looking for uh, new, new employees. that you're applying to it's uh, it's really important yeah and to add to another thing i just have to say as well especially during this this hard times when it comes to covid and you know there are, might be less job opportunities out there and that would probably also say that there are more it's a big competition to getting those jobs but you know don't take internships for granted and especially not unpaid internships i know obviously it could be hard and tricky with the economy for yourself but you know, the sports industry is still developing. It's still quite new in several countries as well. So even though you think like, hmm, no, nah, internship, I don't know, you know, a job is better. 
the thing is that in in the sports industry you have to gain those experiences as well and and one simple way to do it is actually taking those internships but also try to think of yourself could you put up you know a full-time internship or could you actually just you know add in a few hours every week in the long longer run you will actually have a lot of experiences but the thing is if you don't do it at all then you will not not you will not go that far. You will say like, hey, okay, yeah, you know, I watch some sports. That's not enough. You need to have like true experiences. And if that's, you know, the opportunity you can grab off like five hours a week, that's great. That's actually something you can build on to and build a story about and and actually getting a reference for your your applications as well. That's another way, you know, you need to have reference sometimes and that's a way to give trust to the employer. So getting those internships, either one week, one hour a week or five days a week, whatever, just go and start to gra- grab those experiences because even though it's an unpaid internship, it's actually free experiences to gain for you. So that's something else to bring on to everyone that are listening and trying to figure out their, their next move. Well, hopefully to start off, we have more people that are um, experienced and we'll, we should have more people that are experienced in, in, in the sports industry. But also looking into 2021 and the coming years, I think organizations have already started to think about, okay, we're not going to afford to have a, you know, a, a, to hire an employee that will you know, spend hours and hours full time. And I also know that a lot of clubs in their, you know, smaller clubs, grassroots clubs and so on, they still need to keep up with the with the club and the organization, but they might not afford a full-time employee. So they have to start to think, okay, we're not, we don't we don't go that far with just one or we don't have enough money to hire a full-time, but perhaps we can go into project managers. So you will actually take in freelancers or it could be short-term uh, contracts because you just need to get get that sort of work done now and that could be just for three months. But that's much more convenient for everyone if you actually recruit one person for three months then take it on for a full year even though you're not afforded. So I think we're going to see more about like the freelancer setup. Uh, it could be uh, short-term contracts but it could also be the way of okay, uh, this club are looking for someone to take in control of the communication. So they will take in one freelancer that would just do a few hours here and there, depending on you know the, the, the size of the wallet. But that's another way for clubs to actually go further and developing themselves instead of staying where they are and actually maybe uh, degrading themselves. I think we're going to look into more of this freelance... Um, freelance setup
project to be done. Yeah, but so so the thing is, like for for example, in Sweden, when you when you're taking on an employee into your organization, it's a full time employee. Then you not only paying the employee's salary, you also need to pay some taxes as well. And that is one relief that you could actually help the sports club with uh, when it comes to freelancing. But also, you know, there's a lot of clubs that are arranging their own tournaments. You're not working with the tournament full time for the whole time. So that could be a way for you to actually get rid of uh, trying to get all things done in the club. You can actually getting someone as a project manager from outside of the office to work on the tournament and those sure you can have meetings with that person but instead of you being the only employee or you know half half time employee and so on at the club and and taking care of the tournament taking care of the youth taking care of the senior taking care of all other activities and and so on there's so many different tasks on our on the sport administrators and club directors uh, shoulders so trying to just figure out what different tasks need to be held in-house and what can you actually do outsourcing. Types of jobs are the most popular out there nowadays. Well, uh, not to be subjective, but now when having this tech um, thinking as well, we see a lot of um, programmers, you know, you need to code, you need to design good websites. So it's everything from building user experience or like building a good user experience. So you have to develop websites that are nice for everyone to use but also mobile versions, mobile apps, designing those. So it's a one way of like, how can we use the psychology, but also the consumer behavior into everything that we do. It could be services, could be products. And this comes also when it comes to working with sales. Like how do you set up a good sale? It should actually be a good partnership, a collaboration where you add value and they add value. So looking at the jobs in general, like we have on the one side, we have the tech part of it. So those that can do programming, but also can build stuff physically. But then we also have sales will always be needed. Like no matter what you do, you could call it key account manager. You could call it sales in general. Uh, It could be partner manager. It could be uh, sponsoring manager, whatever you call it. Most jobs kind of saying to everyone, you need to know sales. You need to add those numbers in. But um, The jobs that are bringing direct dollars to, to the organization. Yeah, because that's the easiest way to count and, and count on like, okay, this is the organization. We actually know the cost, yeah. but we don't know the revenue. So we need to understand the revenue. And then you always need to have someone that secure those money in. Yeah. Sure, there are other ways to secure money, but that's the easy way to to talk about it. Right. But then, the more one important thing here is that we're still trying to figure out. Most people are still still trying to figure out in sports clubs how do we actually um, how do we actually calculate and give a result of the soft side of it. 
Right. Because it's very easy to count on the money and like the dollars in and out or euros or whatever you use. Yeah. But how do you actually value and 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 show the soft side of it? Like how are what's the equality uh, among coaches? What's equality on employers, employers, employees? Uh, we're talking about numbers of joy. Is the club uh, where you're working at a joyful working place? Do the you know players, the coaches, are they happy? Like there are soft, soft uh, numbers, so to say, <laughs> that are very hard to calculate, and that's something that we're still uh, trying to figure out. I know that in Sweden they have become much, much better when it comes to creating is like a sustainability report. It could be a CSR report as well, mm-hmm. in order to showcase what's the value that they contribute to the society. Uh, even though they're just playing football, for example, there are value that you actually can calculate too. So that's uh, another trend that we're seeing that we need to understand the value from this, you know, the soft, <laughs> the soft. This this is something that you know you because the partners to... and you're doing collaborations. They are asking more and more. Well, like, what are you? We actually investing in. Yeah. We're not. We don't ju- just want to invest in this football club. We want to invest in the things you do and what you mean for everyone. So, if you can showcase it at your club that you're actually creating X amount of physical activities, which actually will increase the health of the society, and which actually will um you know you will decrease the cost for healthcare so you can actually start to think about those and just google and you will google let's say sustainability reports in sports and you will probably find some good examples and this is something that you the local club that you're working at could be helpful with if you're working at the professional club already you probably know this but uh, even though you if you are working in a small sports club if you don't do anything of this, just try and ca- calculate on the number of activities and activity hours that your club is is already doing. To, to these questions and I think it's going to be funny because the audience will get to know you more and uh, yeah I think it's going to be fun what do you think about it? you ready yep alright let's do it. so what's your favorite athlete of all time ooh favorite athlete of all time oh shit I should probably have something already right <laughs> well just give me a few seconds here so favorite athlete of all time and what pops up in my head usually i have a big passion for football in general so but mm, 
<laughs> no, I would probably say, I uh, would probably say, uh, okay, one one that I am actually thinking of is a Swedish uh, athlete. Uh, uh, she is called Carolina Klift, so Caroline Klift, so to say. Okay. Uh, she was basically the greatest one in in athletics in the sport called pentathlon. Yep. So you're competing in like seven different genres in athletics. And hepaton, yeah, yeah, probably it's called hepaton. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's easier for me when I'm doing it saying this in Swedish, but yeah. Hepaton. Sjukamp. Got it. <laughs> but yeah. Um she I think, you know, when you're learning the story of her, she had a very difficult time in, in her youth. But then sport became her way of surviving, to be fair, and where she could find strength and where she could find her comfort zone. So I think her story is quite cool when you're looking into sport as her rescue sort of way. And then when she competed, she just got better and better. It was a lot of with like focus on the right goals, focus on the right targets, uh, just put in the work. And then eventually she was one of the greatest in the world. And then she felt like, okay, this is like too easy. I don't find any energy of like keep doing this. So she actually changed and just went to long jump. And she wasn't the best. She was like among the top 20, something like that. Right. But that was just, you know, it's quite brave to like, she could cook could uh, you know competing in in heptathlon for a few years and still be the best but she felt like that's no challenge for her so why not just making new goals and and challenging new situations so i think she's a good inspiring role model when it comes to using sport as a tool but also a way of challenging yourself and actually listening to yourself and not listening to everyone else yeah, that's super awesome. Um, let's move to the next one. What's your favorite event of all time? It could be sports or non-sports. Well, I think it's sports. And to be fair, I think uh, it's football. <laughs> and uh, that must be last year, to be, to be, uh, to be fair. So my, one of my favorite uh, teams in, in sports and in football, it's called, or they're called Garden. <laughs> It's very weird to say it in English, but you Gordon in Swedish, and they won the the Premier League in Sweden last year, and I managed to be at the last game. I actually didn't have tickets, but I was at the game around the stadium. I was hoping to get in in some way or getting tickets in the last minute <laughs> because this was an away game, but <laughs> we, I didn't made it into the game, and we had to at least get one point from the game. Right. And after five minutes, they were like, we were one nil down. After 10 or 15 minutes, we were two nil down. <laughs> and, you know, life was more or less, this is not happening. Come on, we're so close. And then we, um, we were a few people uh, watching the game from a sports pub uh, near, nearby. It was so depressing. The atmosphere was so depressing. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know people just get more and more sad but then in the second half we scored one goal and then finally people started to believe in this and you know the energy was crazy 
So we just went to the stadium and just, I don't know why, because we didn't have the tickets and the game was about to end. And in the end of the game, we also uh, equalized. So it was 2-2. And then we were just standing in, in one of the corners outside of the stadium. We could hear everything from the stands. We were so close. There was like a gate uh, between us and the, and the stadium. And then crazy fans and so on. Uh, I'm not going to go into more details, but the, the gate was opened. Uh, the game was ended. Right. We won the championship. <laughs> the gate opened up. So I managed with my friends to get on the pitch. And then we were celebrating with all, I don't know, like 10,000, 15,000 fans on the pitch. And then eventually, you know, the... The, the team got out again and we celebrated together with the team. Uh, they lift the trophy and so on. So it was like amazing, unbelievable. And I didn't really, really realize it until, you know, I guess a few days later that I was actually at the game in some way, managed to get on the pitch and celebrating with the fans and with the team. So That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. It reminds me of those... Uh... Uh, American college football games that you know, we know whenever the game is over, you this, the the students are just jumping on the field and running towards their pl- their favorite players. So it makes sense that I guess that was that was that was a good time. Um, well, Jacob, what is the um, organization that you would absolutely work for? Your top organizations you you would love to work for? That well, uh, it would be stupid to say there's a lot of bigger organizations and national and international organizations that would be pretty cool to work for but also in the startup phase as well the, there's tons of cool things popping up in the sports industry but to make one of those <laughs> to connect with with my my passion and one of those once again when in football if, if I would could make two at least then I guess it would be pretty cool to work for the club you got on but also for my other cl- club that I'm having a, a big passion for, it's Liverpool. So I think t- those two would be pretty cool, but it's also, you know, the international federations would be in- interesting to see what the work is all about. It's completely another landscape, <laughs> to be fair. Uh, but I think uh, the Olympics would be pretty cool to be part of in some way. But yeah, you know, the fans and the passion that you get from Liverpool and New Garden is quite cool to just take part of. So I think just spending one day at one of those clubs would be amazing, especially outside of the COVID phase, obviously, with fans. That's really cool. And uh, what was the best advice you've ever received in your life? Well, I've actually had a lot of great uh, advices, but I think uh, one of those is actually from Gary Vaynerchuk. And he... For those of you that don't know who Gary Vaynerchuk is, or Gary uh, Vee, you could probably Google him as well. But basically, he has become like a social media guru, so to say. He has a good eye for what works and what doesn't work on social media and content in general. And he started to talk about if you record like a video, then you can cut it down to several pictures and then you can create uh, some text from the audio as well. And in general, you have a thousand of different stuff to put on as content. But he, one of his advices is called jab, 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 right hook, which is an approach that everyone can actually use no matter where you're situated. 
I guess if you're listening to this, you're into sports. And if you would like to work in sports, just use this uh, model of jab, 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 right hook, which what he says means you should give, 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 and then you get something back. So you could use it in approach of you connecting with someone. You're very interested to have the job that that person has. You could also be getting some advices from the person in general. Try to engage that one and add value of maybe congratulating them on the work that they're doing, refer to some interview that they've been part of and thank them for what they have done. And then you might find some interesting article that could fit in that the person would like to read and listen to. And now you've uh, already done three things. And now hopefully you could actually ask something back. And this approach is very valuable for me and what I'm trying to do in my daily life. So that is one. And I mean, sure, he hasn't given me the advice personally, but <laughs> it's an advice. <laughs> that I yeah, 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 yeah. No, um, I would say that the short answer to, to who Gary Vee is, uh, uh, the next owner of, uh, of New York Jets. So if... Um, <laughs> and um, the last but not least, um, Jacob... What is the advice that you would give to someone who wants to work in sports, who is not yet working, but wants to work in sports? Well, I think you have to first just start to see if that is something for you. And yeah, how, how, how can you figure it out if you haven't tried, right? <laughs> and that's where the advice comes into. Just go out and try. You can volunteer. It would be easy if we would have this conversation before COVID and no one would have think COVID would have happened. But you know, there are opportunities out there. It could be events, even though they are without uh, any audience. Uh, but also just go to your local grassroots club. Just go there, say like, hi, this is me, if you don't know each other. Yeah. And just say like, these are my passions. I'm interested into communication or marketing. Could be web, social media, whatever. And then just start with the minimum because... People also don't really dare to give out whatever. So they would like to have the control. So just go and start, take one step at a time. And then just ask them like, okay, I have these different passions or interests that I would like to explore more in. Uh, what could I start with? I, I saw on your website that, you know, that could be some improvements there. I have some feedback here. So provide some feedback that you already have some for some suggestion to improve what they're doing. Or if that's very hard for you to understand, to know what's right and what's wrong, just go and say, hi, what do you need help with? I can help you with um, just being on a practice and see that everything works smoothly. I can record something. I can just stand at the door and open up the door for people coming. Start with a small task and then you will build trust and then you will actually see people what they're doing. So you're basically getting behind the scenes in the sports industry. Obviously, it depends on which part in the sports industry you would like to work at. But I think start from the small steps and take it from there. Yeah, but also, um, you know, with you, you, you mentioned uh, pre-COVID, but also with COVID, you know, a lot of a lot of organizations, you know, um, laid off um, a lot of their staff, and and now it could be the time when. You could get a lot of informational interviews, you know, with 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 professionals and entrepreneurs, like you know, this podcast, for example. So mm. it's interesting because now you could you could be that person who remotely, you know, 
or an organization in the UK and you are somewhere in Australia and you can find out something that you could bring value to, you know, just, uh, I don't know, maybe some social media stuff or some marketing stuff, et cetera. And, you know, the magic of, 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 uh, of remote work nowadays. So um, I think this, this is also an opportunity of how you can leave at the completely other side of the world and bring value to an organization. And who knows, it might be that something with, with, you know, the current scenario, uh, remote work, and it might be the future. Of course, it yeah. the trends looks this way. But I think, I think, I think trust, I think trust is something that you need to consider, even though you might have the best thing, there's will always be the bridge of trust or not. So, one way of doing it, just do some work that you think could be good for the, the organization or the person and then suggest or show them. It's up to them to say yes or no, but but you need to just understand that people it could be a little bit scared for just people that never heard of before. So try to show you what you, what you could do. Yeah, but also trust is a little bit of defense. If you're if you're sure. putting the trust as one of the uh, one of the barriers, then you know more on the defense. You know, you can you can always have a little project for someone uh, or a little task and see how that person is doing. So you know, not doing with your actual stuff, but some you know testing stuff or or something like this. So I think this could be an interesting perspective for 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 organizations looking for uh, some new blood. <laughs> within the within the company, you call it this way. So, uh, uh, this is my two cents on it. Yeah, no, no, sure. And uh, I think, as I said before, just uh, start with small pieces. Also, um, the other thing in that sense is just go, try, and see if it works for you. Because you never know until you try it. So that's another thing that I'm usually talk about: is just go and try out a new job, try out a position, try out the role, volunteer. Just try one thing because you can't judge it until you tried it yourself. Jacob, on this awesome high note, uh, I'd love to to uh, thank you one more time and for for taking the time to uh, to join me and um, and to join podcast and share your uh, your awesome story, man. It's uh, again you're doing an awesome an awesome job in um, by helping others, creating those opportunities and sharing those opportunities and help others to 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 get into into the industry. And um, it's a great mission. I, as I said, I love it. I respect that. So uh, I will post your uh, your uh, social uh, media uh, handles to all your social platforms in the in the episode notes. So if you're, uh, I'll say it this way: if you're looking for a sports job, just go to Sports Idealisten. <laughs> so it's easy as that. If you're into in, in you know. Uh, if you're looking for a, for a, for a, for a position for an internship position or full time or part time position, you just have to go to sports to the list. Well, Genie, it's well, it's been a good conversation, uh, and I also appreciate you, you know, for your hard work and and people have already listened to the previous episodes, probably already know you quite well, and I'm very happy that I've been, uh, you know, connecting with you and having these different conversations and sharing feedback and tips and tricks. So. You know, appreciating the work that you do, and shout out to you <laughs> as well. And uh, for everyone that would like to just chit chat, talk, network with me, and you will probably find my LinkedIn um, handle in or link in the description. I'm I'm trying to promote and 
try to encourage people to type a message when you're connecting with me because <laughs> to be fair, you're getting a lot of connections. But if I don't know the reason why we should connect, it's very hard for me to engage. So if you would like to connect, I would be happy to, but please just share why. You could say you listen to the episode and, and maybe two words why you would like to connect. Yeah, if you're listening to, to, to this podcast, it's a call to action. Um, go connect with Jacob on LinkedIn. Link will be in the, in the episode notes. And send him a note when you're connecting and say, I listen to ePROcast. Let's connect. I think it's a good call. Yeah, that's connection. a good start. No, but then, you know, the last words for me is also for everyone listening, is keep doing what you love to do and please try to do things that you love to do because that will give you richness in the rest of your life. So keep up the great work and start paving the way for, for the future work. That was it for this episode. Please share it with your friends and everyone who you think will get value out of it. Also share it on all social media platforms and tag the big E using the details from the episode notes. If you enjoyed it, leave a rate and review. Make sure you stay tuned and subscribe to not miss another episode. On behalf of the ePROcast team, stay safe and see you in the next one. Peace out.